Welcome to Hevray Connect. I'm Zach Garber, your host and a current Hevray member. In this podcast, you will get the opportunity to learn about the incredible Cabinet Young Leadership Program. We will explore the stories of fellow Cabinet members, alumni of the program, and educational series about the Jewish Federations. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with your friends, family, and local Jewish Federation. Enjoy. So when we got to the United States and we, and there's like this huge infrastructure in place, JCCs, you know, you got day camps, you got night camps, you got, you know, JFNA, you got federations, you got, you know, everything. You feel like, you know, look, this is amazing, you know, <laughs> like uh, I love it. So you try to get the best out of it. Today, I'm very excited to have another episode of Hevery Connect. And on this episode, we're going to focus on what we call Jedi. And that's that's not a reference to Star Wars. That's the Jewish Equity Diversity Initiative. Uh, and I have the honor and privilege of having our fellow Hevery, Andre Taraf. Andre splits his time between Brazil and he's part of the delegation Treasure Coast, Florida. Uh, he is the president of Taraf's and Philos, which I learned means sun. And so Taraf and Sons is focused on agriculture, construction, as well as finance in Brazil. So I'm very excited to have Andre on. Andre, I think a great starting point would be just to share a little bit about your background. It's my pleasure, my man. Thank you for having me. Little bit of background. All right. So uh, four generation Brazilian. We came from uh, part of the family came from Lebanon and part of the family came from Spain. They all met in Brazil, and I was born in the countryside of Brazil, right in the middle of Brazil. Uh, long story short, whenever they arrive in Santos, which was the main port of Brazil, it is the main port of Brazil, pretty much like the Ellis Island of uh, you know of Brazil. So they arrive, uh, they didn't speak Portuguese, <laughs> so they hop in the first train out of the port, and the train went like inside the you know the countryside of Brazil. And the end of the line, they pretty much, you know, got off. I'm, I'm pretty sure the guy said, hey, get out. And, you know, that was the city that, you know, I was born. Uh, we started uh, just like, you know, any any immigrant. We started like, you know, selling anything and everything uh, from buttons to ropes to nails and tools. And when we got around the rural area of Brazil, uh, a lot of people, my man, didn't have like actually the money or the means to pay you for, you know, the products. So they would pay you on livestock. From the livestock, uh, we were just, you know, reselling right away. So I'm pretty sure at one point, one of my grand-grandparents said, hey, what if we keep it and we resell it, you know, a little bit later? And that's how we started with the cattle business. Uh, so and uh, from there, we started with the, the farms. And from the farms, we went into construction and finance. So voila, four generations later, here I am. And and what brought you to the United States? Because you're obviously, you're part of cabinet, you're involved in JFNA and involved in the Florida trap, chapter with Treasure Island. You're definitely right. Uh, so Brazil was going through a bad phase in the 90s. Like uh, the crime rate was pretty high. Uh, I had some uh, relatives that got, you know, almost got kidnapped and uh, it was it was very 
complicated times in Brazil. So my parents, uh, they used to go back and forth, you know, for business. And 1998, they said, hey, uh, it's getting pretty tough in Brazil. We're going to take the kids, you know, to go to school in the United States. So in 98, I went to uh, New York. And well, I actually got that blizzard of 98. And it was extremely cold. Very, very cold. I wasn't used to. So first year of, uh, of uh, high school in uh, New York. And then as a family, we decided to go to a warmer cl climate, you know, and Florida was in a map. So long story short, we went to Orlando and from Orlando, we went to Melbourne, which is pretty much the, the beach, you know, for Orlando. Then we started driving down a little bit and uh, we found a good, you know, spot, a good apartment in Fort Pierce, which is like a tiny city on the east coast of Florida. And from there, we established, you know, camp in Fort Pierce. And uh, we, we just, you know, started uh, working on the area. Uh, my parents, they started a construction company in Fort Pierce, Florida. And then, like, you know, from 99 to, you know, even today, that's uh, what we call home. And, you know, a lot of people in cabinet, you think about the American Jews, it's 90% Ashkenazi. You obviously come from Brazil, and you mentioned that your your family is from both Spain and Lebanon, so Sephardi and Mizrahi Jews. Can you just share a little bit about some of the cultural differences uh, that, that, that you experience? Because I think a lot of American Jews, you know, 25% plus of world Jewry is uh, of color and Sephardic. You're definitely right. I mean, that's uh, the, one of the main difference that I, I noticed was uh, the food. <laughs> the food is the first day, you know, you notice. And actually, like some details about, for example, in the synagogue, you know, where the beam is located, you know, how we do the prayers, but like nothing, you know, uh, the huge. I would say like food was the, 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 the main thing. Uh, but look, uh, Brazil, it's a mixing pot. You're going to see like a uh, Jews from all over the place and, you know, from all over the backgrounds. So right here in Brazil becomes like a, a mixing pot, my man. Can you share a little bit more about uh, how you got involved in cabinet and how you got involved in your local federation in Florida? Oh, definitely. It's a pleasure. Uh, so the Treasure Coast, uh, we are like a tri-county area of Florida, uh, pretty much right in the middle of the state on the East Coast. And that was not much you know, infrastructure in place. We had like, you no know, three synagogues, all reformed, and uh, they pretty much were like not talking to each other. So we didn't have like much activities or like uh, any, uh, you know, JCCs or, you know, anything that you be used to as a, you know, a federation uh, in place. So I talked to the rabbis and uh, we said, look, it would be amazing if we get, you know, some form of, well, some form of uh, infrastructure in place. It's like, hey, this is great. Let's try it. So I called New York. When I called New York, you know, Jeff and Ed, and uh, Edward Finkel was the guy that picked up the phone. And I explained the situation. And he said, look, you know, let's let's sit down. Let's have coffee. I'll be in Florida in two weeks. And then we talk. That's what happened. And then uh, we started. It was like very baby steps. Uh, the Treasure Coast Jewish Federation. Uh, we, we has been like, you know, a five year, six year project already right now. Uh, we are tiny, tiny, but like, you know, baby steps. When that happened, uh, Edward Finkel said, look, you need, need to get more, you know, experience and need to get like, uh, people with the same mindset so it could help you up. 
is that look, there's the young leadership cabinet, and I think it will be you know a great tool for you. All right, so that was 2016. I called uh, uh, the guys. I did an interview, just like you know everybody in cabinet did, and then I started. So the first retreat was in Florida. Actually, it was in uh, Aventura, the Turnberry. So the moment I got there, you know, I didn't know, I didn't, I knew nobody. <laughs> so it was a, it was a huge, you know, experience for me. Like, uh, but the moment I walked in, I clicked, you know, the guys were amazing, very welcoming. And then I started the journey as being like seven years already. And, and what are a few highlights from cabinet? Some of the experiences that you've had that have shaped you as a leader for anyone who's listening, who's either part of cabinet or thinking about cabinet, some of the highlights. Look, it's one of the most amazing leadership programs I've been in touch with. Uh, you're going to see 250, 300 people in the same room with like, uh, look, every single person, it's amazing by itself, you know. They're very, they've, they've done like amazing on their job. Uh, they're great leaders, you know, back home. Uh, so you can get like a lot of experience from those guys. But not just that. You can get like, a, how can I say, like a brainstorm to see what happened, what works, what doesn't work. What can you make it better on your projects or your, your you know, dreams of the federation or infrastructure by itself. So anybody that wants to upgrade or like, you know, go far on their, you know, Jewish uh, leadership as a lay leader, you know, cabinet, it's the way to go. Uh, it's a five year, you know, uh, program. You're going to be able to go to amazing places in the world and get to know like amazing people, get to know how the agencies and the infrastructure around JFNA works. So you're going to have like a you know, like a PhD by the end of your five year, you know, on uh, Jewish philanthropy, pretty much. Not to put you on the spot, but were there any specific examples of people or places you've been that uh, have been meaningful to you in this experience that you could share? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> every single pretty much mission that we did, I mean, amazing by itself. I mean, look, we went to Russia, you know, we went to St. Petersburg, Moscow. And then from there, we went to Georgia, to Blitzy. And I mean, those guys have been to the Civil War in the past, I would say, like a couple of years, like you know, not even 10 years ago. So we went to those places. You can see stuff that very few people will be able to see it and to feel it. And you know, we've been to Madrid. We went to Morocco. We went to you know, uh, in Israel. And you can see specifics of it. Uh, stuff that, like I said, very few people will be able to, to do it. And not just that. The people by itself, you know, you're going to meet the most incredible, most amazing people, you know, in the Jewish world, you know, right there on the spot. If you see it, like most of the guys that are, when I say guys, most of the people on leadership today, they are cabinet alumni. You know, so it's an amazing network and you can get like great resources and great help and great ideas. So at the beginning of this podcast, we talked about Jedi, that you're helping lead this push towards equity and inclusion. Can you just share what that means, the council you're on, and kind of the vision and what you're trying to do with it? Of course, Jedi is an amazing program, uh, you know, especially look, myself, Yossi, Marissa, we are an inclusion chair, you know, for the executive team of cabinet. So to have the Jedi, you know, team you know, to help us out, that's amazing by itself. So pretty much on the inclusion, we try to create, you know, uh, a better environment, like uh, and uh, with 
the tools and the, the, the infrastructure so we can get the inclusion, you know, by itself. Uh, from like little details, you know, something that you don't even think about for like two like major milestones that we want to try to move it. Just like you said, we're trying to get more of those uh, marginalized communities, not communities by like, you no know, members of the communities of the Jewish, you know, community, you know, to get to know cabinet, you know, more. Uh, could be from the Sephardi, uh, from, you know, you, you name it, LGBTQ plus, you know, community, any other forms or like communities or members of those peripheral, you know, of the philanthropy world. So Jedi is very specific, a lot of like hands-on. We get, we get like every week or so, we get, you know, uh, meetings, Zoom meetings, a lot of material, a lot of details. Uh, the leadership on Jedi is amazing. Uh, so look, I'm new. That's my first year in Jedi. I'm getting like a lot of information, you know, uh, even like a bi-weekly. So we're trying to put that to work on the cabinet, you know, as the, 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 the inclusion co-chairs. And hopefully it will work, but it's a work in progress. That's a lot of stuff to do, my man. So what would be some of the broad strokes of things that you guys are trying to accomplish in terms of creating a more inclusive environment? And maybe also just it would be helpful to understand the demographics of some of these people from the Jewish community that haven't historically been engaged or included necessarily at the same level as uh, the people that are currently involved. I'm going to give you a very specific example, which I'm working on it, you know, hands-on, which I think is a very, very cool project. So the, the Latin American you know, Jews from uh, you know, Brazil, Argentina, Venezuela, Bolivia, you name it, you know, most of those guys, they moved to South Florida, you know, especially uh, you know, Miami, Orlando, uh, West Palm, Fort Lauderdale, you know, areas. So those guys come with like, you know, a lot of like, uh, experience, a lot of background in it. And they pretty much, you know, left their countries and moved to the United States. We're trying to get those guys to join the cabinet or get to know cabinet more. It's a huge milestone you know, to, to, to move. A lot of those guys have, like, no idea what cabinet is or even JFNA, how it works. Because the, the federation infrastructure back in, in Latin America is completely different from the way they do in the United States. And so to give them the opportunity to join cabinet, as a leadership program, so they can come back to their communities, you know, and be like better leaders. That's that's a big, big step. So we're trying to move. Like I'm, uh, I'm, I'm myself, Yossi, Marissa. We're trying to move, you know, a lot. And specifically, you know, I'm trying to move in South Florida. Can you share more about your family's journey? You know, I don't know if as many people have heard some of the stories from families that have come from Lebanon and Spain, and what the kind of the Jewish experience has been like and, and some of the communities. I'm sure there's other family friends that you have uh, in Brazil, South Florida, that are from these same communities with similar cultural backgrounds as well as traditions and rituals that might be slightly different. Oh, definitely. Uh, I'll give you my specific example in Brazil, especially in the rural area, you know, to have all that I'm going to call like a Jewish infrastructure, you know, in place, extremely hard. You know, we didn't have like, uh, look, we don't have no, no synagogues here. You know, only in Sao Paulo and Rio, you know, the closest one. And we're talking about like 600 kilometers away, you know, by car, like uh, easy eight hours. And even in today's, you know, uh, world with uh, all the roads and, you know, airplanes and everything, you know, eight hours is a long, <laughs> it's a long way to go. 
at one point you started like being uh island by itself you know you gotta you gotta be jewish with your own family because you know we don't have like a lot of jewish families around so on high holidays you try to go to the to the big synagogues in sao paulo and you try to keep as you know as jewish as you can uh it's kind of tough a little bit because you are uh the different ones uh brazil one example was 98 percent you know roman catholic so everybody goes to the church everybody knows the priest you know everybody you know it's very involved with the catholic church and since like we we were not i mean we got we have great relationship with like with everybody even the priest uh, you know with the catholic church and the leadership but you were like uh, an outsider let's put it that way so you and you the, you feel like an outsider you feel like the weird ones But that's what drives us, you know, to, we are different, we know that, but, but, you know, that could be good, you know, so we try to make the best, uh, you know, out of it. So when we got to the United States and we, and there's like this huge infrastructure in place, JCCs, you know, you got day camps, you got night camps, you got, you know, JFNA, you got federations, you got, you know, everything. You feel like, you know, look, this is amazing, you know, <laughs> like, I, I love it. So you try to get the best out of it. But yeah, it's uh, outside United States. Uh, it's uh, it's a little bit different. I mean, you feel like you know alone sometimes, uh, but you're not. So that's that's the, the the best part of it. What is your vision in terms of how you can make an impact and what you see as success, both with Jedi and Cabinet, as well as maybe what what impact you can have in the Florida community? Making the uh, the the milestones, you know, making the foundation for the next generation. You know, that's that's the, our main goal. You know, I'll give you an example as a family. You know, I want to leave the everything in place or everything pretty much, you know, secure to the next generations. You know, to my could be my kids, could be my nephew, nieces, could be my grandkids. So you're pretty much laying uh, the foundation stones that, you know, even generations before us, you know, did it. So you just keep, you know, just like you said, no live you know, from generation to generation. So you leave it uh, a prepared or like, you know, secure uh, foundation for them to, you know, keep it, keep it uh, the the project, keep the the how can I say the traditions going. Are there any specific traditions that are meaningful to you that uh, your family and and you participate in? Yes, one example is one program that we really like it. I mean, especially my dad, uh, we do with uh, Jewish agents for Israel, what we call the emergency aliyah, you know, something that's really, you know, deep to our hearts. Because imagine that you're in a situation that you need to get out, you know, ASAP, you know, it can take six months, you know, you can like, you know, wait for somebody to come and, uh, you know, and do something different. So long story short, That right there, that program right there by itself, it's an amazing one. Look, you need to get your family, you need to get out right now, and uh, it will be infrastructure and people in place able to help you out. That's something that's like dear to our hearts. You've talked a decent amount about family. I mentioned at the beginning that you're in a fourth-generation family business. There are a lot of people in cabinet that are in family businesses. What do you think are the keys to success in both joining, running, and continuing a family business, as most of them don't go past two or three generations? <laughs> That's a good question. So we do fight a lot. 
you know, that's a lot of fighting, you know, between the cousins and between the uncles and, you know, you know, everybody involved. But at the end of the day, you know, you sit down, you're going to have something to eat and then you talk it over and, uh, you know, get ready for the next day. So resilience, it's pretty much, you know, the, the, the key point. You know, you got to aim for the, the, the big picture, the long run. You know, you can you can deal with like, you know, like little details or like, you know, little uh, shenanigans of the day to day. You know, just look for like, you know, look, we're doing this for our grandkids, just like our grandparents did for us. So you got to, you know, focus, get over the shenanigans and just like, you know, keep moving forward. When you look out five, 10 years from now, personally, professionally in the Jewish world, what would you define as success in terms of the things that you hope to achieve? Get my nieces and nephews in college, make sure they graduate. You know, they're going to be, you know, great members of society. You know, they keep our traditions going and I'll be able to do more philanthropy work. I'll be able to be more involved in, uh, you know, the, the agencies, the entities, JFNA. And I'll be like a great alumni for cabinet and I'll try to get more people involved because if we get our numbers strong, that's how we keep, you know, everything that we see happening today on the low side. Anti-Semitism, you know, uh, we see like a dead like rising a lot all over the world. So if we can keep that at bay and, uh, and don't let it grow and we keep our numbers strong and traditions going, that's a home run by itself, my man. Coming from a country where there really, well, I mean, there aren't that many Jews in the U.S., but particularly in Brazil, uh, you mentioned anti-Semitism around the world. We've seen an increase in anti-Semitism right now. I wonder if you have a different perspective on anti-Semitism as well as inclusion, given your background and w the work that you're trying to do with Jedi. Oh, definitely. Look, anti-Semitism in Brazil was pretty low. You know, we see in Argentina, especially the Ambia, you know, bombing in the 90s. But Brazil was pretty low. But in the recent years, it went up like a lot. Something that we never saw, we're seeing right now. United States, it's much more, you know, reveling. You see like a lot on, uh, for example, in New York or California, you can see like a lot of the anti-Semitism, you know, happening in the United States right in your face. So that was a, a big wake-up call for me. Uh, inclusion. Look, that, that's like I said in the beginning, Brazil is a mixing pot. So you see Jews from all over the world and every single background. So inclusion, you know, for us has been, you know, a day-to-day, -day, you know, thing. You know, you see people from every single background. So, and it's it's awesome because you get different perspectives, different, you know, views and different traditions and different, you know, food, you name it. So that's something that I want to, I really, really like to bring more into Cabinet and JFNA. To get like more backgrounds and different, you know, areas of Judaism, you know, in our tradition into the system, the better, my man. What advice would you have for current or for new cabinet members in order to make the most of their experience and time with cabinet? Enjoy as much as you can. Go to the missions, talk to people, and you know, I'll be involved and you know, try to use the tools that you're going to learn on the day-to-day, -day, uh, you know, activities, you know, back home. So use as a lab, you know, the more you can, you know, do a try and error, the better you can, you're going to get at it. One question that I didn't ask that I think is important that I always ask is, you know, you're working full time, you're involved in your community. Why do you choose to give back specifically to the Jewish community and spend time in cabinet? If I don't do it, who would do it? Right. 
it's uh, something that look, I got to do it. And uh, look, I don't, I don't, I don't have a family by myself. You know, it's my, it's only, you know, me, myself, and I. So I, I, I do get you know extra, extra time in my hands. And uh, look, if I don't do it, nobody will do it. Uh, so you got to step up. You got to you know shake it off, you know the dirt on your clothes, and just like take a deep breath and you know, move forward. Uh, it's it's uh it's sometimes it's tiring, sometimes it's uh it's tough, but you know suck it up. We got work to do. Before we wrap up the interview, are there any final things that you want to share with everyone? Once again, this is an opportunity for people to learn a little bit more about their Hevra. We wanted to focus a little bit on what the work was that you were doing on Jedi, you know, the Sephardi Mizrahi background that you have, uh, and just kind of share uh, points of view from different people in cabinet. The best advice I could give, my man, it's, you know, talk to the people. I had the most amazing conversation in my life and uh, in the cabinet activities or, you know, in a mission or sitting on the bus or, or like, you know, on the airplane or at a bar. I had like amazing conversations and I made like amazing friends for a lifetime and, you know, exchanging ideas, exchanging, you know, experience, his stories, you name it. So the best advice is like, you know, talk to the guys, you know, enjoy the conversations and try to get, you know, the most out of it. Well, Andre, we really appreciate your time. Appreciate the work that you're doing uh, with increasing inclusivity and also bringing in the Latin American Jewish community into our world. You know, I think I'm sure there's a lot of people that haven't experienced that side of things. So we appreciate your involvement, engagement, and appreciate having you as a friend in all the conversations we've had. So thanks for your time. No, it's my pleasure, my man. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to follow us on your preferred podcast provider, either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Feel free to drop us a review and share it with your network. Thanks again for your time. Through the zooms and the frozen time, lead us down.